This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello, I'm Grace Cole, Opinion Editor for The Straits Times. You're listening to In Your Opinion, a podcast series by The Straits Times that takes a hard look at social and political issues of the day. In this episode, we're going to look at happiness and well-being. Now, these are huge, nebulous concepts. So here in the studio to help me unpack these concepts are Sherman Ho and Simon Liao, the co-founders of the Happiness Initiative. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks, Grace. Thanks for having us here today. Uh, hi, Grace. I'm Simon here. Thanks for having us too. And you've conducted um, you know, happiness studies in Singapore. And in them, you mentioned that there are three significant um, psychological and social predictors of happiness. What are these predictors and how does Singapore fare compared to other countries? Yes, uh, back a year ago, right, we did a happiness study and there were um, three predictors of happiness based on the sample that we collected in Singapore. Uh, we call it the three P, uh, people, purpose and perseverance. So um, when we have social support, uh, meaning we have people that we could count on, uh, we tend to be happier. If we have a sense of purpose, we tend to be happier. And if we have a stronger sense of perseverance, we also tend to be happier. Right. And how does Singapore fare compared to other countries? So based on the World Happiness Report uh, that is released uh, on the 20th of March every year, right? Singapore usually fare about in their 30s. Uh, in recent years, we have been in their 30s. In our best years, right, we were in our 20s. So out of usually about 153 countries, we were ranked maybe uh, in recent years top 30. Yeah, that's how we have been faring in, in recent years. Yeah, and if I may add on, right, I, I think that an interesting point to note is also that despite us being ranked 30th, right, because World Happiness Report uh, measures six key factors when they do their ranking of happiness, right? And very interestingly, Singapore ranks top two in, in three of them. So in terms of uh, healthy life expectancies, I think we are the top in the world. Uh, in terms of uh, GDP, we are ranked also one of the top, either the top or top two in the world. And the last thing is the perception of corruption in the government, right? So we have we have a lot of trust in our government system, right? We are also top in the world, right? But the other three factors are the ones that pulls us down a lot in this uh, ranking in the World Happiness Report. And the three factors are generosity, for one, uh, uh, social support. And the last one is freedom to make life choices. So these are the three things that, you know, if you compare us to other countries, why are we not ranked uh, top 10 despite us in terms of economical factors? We are ranked on par with a lot of the top 10 countries. These are the three factors that cause us to be ranked uh, lower. Yeah. And from happiness to you know well-being, I understand that your latest project is a community-based well-being program. Could you tell us more about it? So the Wellbeing Circles was a program that we have developed over the past two years. And I think the key idea here is that we wanted to see whether we could help people understand uh, and learn well-being skills. A lot of times when we talk about mental health as a broad spectrum, right, people tend to focus a lot on the mental illness part of it. But we also believe that just because you are not depressed, doesn't mean that you're happy. So there are two completely different spectrums and we, we want to shift people more towards uh, how do they build better well-being, how do they live a more flourishing and meaningful life 
And in turn, they also learn to build a, a protective factor. So it's a preventive approach, right? They are more like less likely to fall, get a mental health condition, you know, as they go on with life. And, and another reason was also that in, in our experience with me and Simon, right, you know, when we want to learn more about the science of happiness and well-being, it can be quite an expensive endeavor, right? If you go to study a master's in, in UPenn in applied positive psychology, if you try to attend post conferences, right, a lot of them are quite expensive, right? And you when you take up all these courses. And, and at, at one point in time, when we first started Happiness Initiative, uh, we couldn't afford some of these things. Right. So when we, when we started on this journey with happiness initiative, right, we realized we wanted something that could be accessible to people, which is the core of our mission, uh, in the work that we do, that we wanted a program that could be accessible to people. Right. And that was how this uh, wellbeing circles, uh, uh, program came about. Right. We, it, it was a community program that was free for anyone to go through. And through this program, they are able to pick up wellbeing skills that could improve their wellbeing. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's continue the conversation with my guests. Right, and thank you. And you've spoken about the prohibitive costs, you know, of some of the uh, other programs. So, you know, as a co-founder of this Happiness Initiative, you must know a thing or two about being happy, perhaps in a more cost-effective way. Do you have any simple or quick tips for our listeners? Yeah. A, a quick tip, right? I, I think it's, it's really to... Gratitude is one very simple intervention. is to learn how, how to be grateful for the things that you have in life. We now have so many points of comparison, right? And that when we go onto a social media platform, right, we start to look at the things that we don't have, right? Because people are posting about, you know, nice cars, nice houses, you know, they have nice meals and everything, right? And then when you browse through all that, there's always a feeling of a lack, we lack something or we don't have something, right? And that shifts us towards a more unhappy state because we tend to be, you know, we feel that we don't have we don't have enough. Practice gratitude could be a very deliberate exercise. One very simple way is that at the start of every day, just think about or write down uh, three things that you're grateful for, right? For example, I could be grateful for being able to have this conversation today, you know, uh, with Grace. Uh, I am also grateful for, for you know, doing something that I, I believe in, and I think gradually as you practice this more and more, these are simple ways to, to sort of uh, shift yourself towards a better well-being. So with regard, uh, like uh, Sherman have shared one tip with us, right, about gratitude. There's another tip that I love to offer is kindness. And there's enough research to suggest that when we do simple acts of kindness, deliberately, uh, we experience happiness ourselves and not just people who receive the kindness from us. From I mean, from the programs that you've conducted, what was your sense of what the youth in Singapore are worried about or preoccupied with? So one of the uh, common experience that our youth are experiencing is a social comparison. And because our youth are so plugged into the social media, right, uh, even though they are doing very well themselves, when they look at lives of people on social media, they would discount what they are currently experiencing or what they are currently achieving. Because a lot of times you may not be comparing with people that has got the same, the same condition as you, the same experience as you, but yet on social media, because it's just so pervasive, right? It's sometimes when they can get a good paying job, but until they see someone else 
having you know, a job with a better title, they think that uh, whatever they're achieving uh, is not good enough. And I feel that that's a very big challenge that you face today, you know, in the sense that it, despite what we have and what we have achieved, we will feel that, you know, we are not good enough because someone out there is still doing better than me. And following from, you know, your work on happiness and well-being, um, what other things will you be working on next? How can people who are interested, for example, come on board? Um, so one of the things that we are going to focus on, right, will be the well-being circus. We want to make well-being uh, skills accessible uh, through well-being circus to as many people as possible in Singapore uh, to learn well-being skills through the sharing of personal stories through reflection, and through social support. In fact, this is a partnership with MCCY. We will want to analyze if when we make well-being skills accessible to people, are they going to improve their well-being outcomes? Are they going to be happier? And uh, more importantly, we want to see if people are going to be more pro-social. And the results from this study, we want to be able to make it accessible to inform some policy directions. If this work, uh, we want to make it scalable to the whole of Singapore. Well, what we are very, very passionate about is really accessibility, right? And when we talk about accessibility, it is also not simply just about financial accessibility. It is also about how do you help people learn some of these skills, which, you know, there's, there's a whole wealth of well-being research out there, right? But not everybody may have access to it in terms of maybe all these research articles are not things that they come across regularly and everything. So the past two years, we have been doing quite a lot of effort in trying to condense some of these skills that we pick up into very flexible format for people to learn. And how can people who are interested in come on board? So if anyone is interested, they can go to our website, www.wellbeingcircles.sg. Right, and there they could get more information about the programs, and they can actually sign up as a participant. That means they go through the program, or they can be a well-being leader. But if you have uh, interest in also helping others learn of some of these well-being skills, and also you're comfortable facilitating small group discussions, right? Uh, then you could sign up as a leader, right? And for leaders, there are also additional training that we will put you through to learn some of these skills before you run the program. And on that note, thank you, Sherman and Simon, for coming on our show. And thank you. Thank you, Grace, for having us here today. Thank you, Grace. And that's a wrap for In Your Opinion, a new podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm Grace Ho. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to read my articles or check out the opinion section of The Straits Times, we have links in our podcast text description below. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.